Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. I'm Kirsten. I'm Joshua. I'm Kyla. And this is the weird and suspicious. That's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> Dude, I'm monster. so excited to go try to do the floating on Saturday. This is going to be great. Well, the floating? Yeah, one of my friends wants to do a tubing trip down the Manistee. I also oh, called nice. it floating, and those girls looked at me like I was stupid. And I'm like, is that not what it's called? No, it's called It's tubing. like a float. No, it's a I float. I was like floating. I said, this okay. is floating. <laughs> so, like, tubing? But if you're, it doesn't matter. No, no matter what you're doing, if you're floating or tubing, you're usually like, yeah, we're going You're always tubing. floating. Yeah, you're floating the whole time, but, like, when you're yeah. talking about doing it, you say you're going tubing. No, because tubing, to me, is, like, you're going on a boat, a and boat. you're going yeah. to be Behind holding on to a tube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, floating is, like, you're going to be in the tube, and it's you just, just going to kind of go down with the river. river. I was like, this is my first Sorry. floating trip, and everyone looks at me like... Because that fucking sounds weird. You <laughs> Like, you're tubing down the river. We're going tubing down the river. I kept saying floating. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I agree that that would make more sense to say. But like, I mean, you're I've in tube, so I get tubing, but I'm sticking with floating because it sounds more fun. Yeah, I, okay. We're both on the same page. <laughs> no clue what the fuck you just said. I'm gonna talk about Jerome, Arizona. Oh, founded late 19th century on Cleopatra Hill, overlooking the Verde Valley. It's like located. The the what did you just say? I like the name of the hill. Okay. Uh, you ever heard that song, Cleopatra? Isn't that an actress? No, I'm thinking of something else. The song, else. the song, Cleopatra. <laughs> There's something wrong with my brain. Yeah. Isn't so... Cleopatra an actress? I knew she was famous back. You know, like I the thought... Egyptian movies way back in the day? I don't know why, but I, I was thinking of a different name. Cleopatra Adra. by Lumineers. By the Lumineers. I... I know what song you're talking about. That's not the one I'm talking about oh. either. But I thought Wait, you said that's address. the one that I thought too. You were Is like, that an address? <laughs> Cleopatra <laughs> where? Michigan? California? No, Cleopatra, Cleopatra Hill, bitch. Cleopatra Hill? Oh, wow. I'm so stupid. My brain just, like, melted. You just... You're, um... You're just struggling. You're not stupid. You're just struggling. Um... So... Located over 5,000 feet above sea level, and the town used to be supported by, like, rich copper mines. They're like, oh my gosh, I got so much copper up in here, we're, like, super rich because of this. And same, it made the news in 1917 when- They had news then? They communicated back then? <laughs> People could talk? I, have, I know it's like probably newspapers, but I'm just imagining like a really old TV. <laughs> a really, really old no, TV. No, but... it's, just a, it's just a rock they bring from town to town <laughs> and it has little, little etchings on it. 
they etch on separate rocks and throw them on your doorstep but half the time they make it inside your house through the window yeah <laughs> they don't even have glass windows they just throw it through the hole in the wall yeah, yeah. they just go outside everyone's <laughs> building and act out the news at different times of the day exactly that's They're like oh it's it's, an, it's the rock delivery duck your head back. They had to stop that because people were getting brain damage. But it made the news when labor unrest involving the industrial workers of the world, which is the IWW, led to the expulsion at gunpoint of about 60 IWW members who were loaded onto a cattle car and shipped west. So like, basically, the humans were loaded died. onto a cattle car. Yeah, they're dead bodies. Oh. It was, oh. like, really fun. They're like, <laughs> field trip. <laughs> and so, it was, yeah, that, I hope that I get to go on a field trip. <clears throat> um, my body after I die. <laughs> so, pre- Production at the mines, always subject to fluctuations, boomed during World War One, fell, and then rose again, and then fell again during the Great Depression. As the copper ore deposits ran out, the mines closed for good in 1953, because everyone was just snatching up all this copper. All the copper. Why not? Yeah. Just making hot. That's some heavy it. shit, though. And correct. This is some heavy shit, man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get real deep. Crap, crack a cold one. Let's <laughs> get real deep. So they closed for good in 1953. The population dwindled to fewer than a hundred. So this town is basically just like 1953. We're done. Nobody lives here anymore. Just like copper's gone, we're gone. <clears throat> yeah. Only the people that physically couldn't leave. You're right. I mean, left on a cattle thing. <laughs> everyone who had ADD and was like, "Ooh, shiny," was like, mm, "Nothing left to distract." <laughs> no me. more I'm shiny. Out. And so Jerome became a national historic landmark in 1967. So like a little over ten years after that. And is no longer in ruins because once it became a national historic landmark, they obviously started being able to open up shops and stuff like that. And people would come visit just because that's what people do when places get titles like that. We're not really sure why. Um, There could have been absolutely nothing there and people would have still gone to visit because it would have been like, "Mm, it has a cool name to it. I feel like back then people would just like look on a little travel guide and that was all you got was like, ah, oh, like it's on the way somewhere. It's only like a mile out of the way. We might as well check it out. And then it's just like, oh, another abandoned mine. So like, huh, look at this hole in the ground. My brother knew someone who like had gone to see the Grand Canyon and he was asking him about it because he hasn't been there. And, or maybe he's been there now, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. But either way, the guy was like, well, 
it wasn't anything special. It was just kind of like a giant hole in the ground. He's Honestly, not a scene. He's not a view kind of person. No, that's the thing is that like he goes to see things for the views, but like he called the Grand Canyon just the giant hole in the ground. So the Grand Canyon like is just dead. It's just a bunch of rocks. Yeah, yeah. but it's pretty. It just looks but, cool. Like, wouldn't you rather see like mountains and water? Isn't that like I, why not both? Why not see all of it? But, like, for that dude, he sees it all. And it's, like, all of this beauty. And it's, like, oh, yeah. A big pot, big pothole in the side of Ugh. America. Almost ran my car into this. Could have popped a fucking tire. <laughs> yeah. It was just a know. minor inconvenience. I want to see it. I don't think I'd be, like, hmm. Just a whole I went to see it. And I man. often thought about how fun it would be to jump off of all of the ledges that I see. On. I I'm too scared of heights. I can't get that close to stuff because like I, I am very scared of heights, and I did it anyway because fuck it. I only, when I went to Ireland, I stood on like the cliffs and stuff, but like I couldn't see over the ledge because I didn't get close enough to see over the ledge because I was like, what if I fall? No, so I sit and scoot like a <gasps> infant because I tried that and my my body was like stop to look over stop. legends. Stop. Stop. Yeah, doing that's this right now. My uh my friend Tara just sent me a video like the other day, like a day or two ago from For when jumping we went over to a cliff. Canada. Yeah, we I was sitting on the edge of a cliff and she like handed me the phone. I'm like, I'm not gonna jump off with it because she was like, Be careful, like da 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 da. If you fall, but, make sure you get it on video. <laughs> exactly. Throw the but, phone like, up you after just, you drop. You just you know, you just sit down. Just like don't lean over and you'll be fine. You just no could not do that. Did you you're sitting in your room. Did you just yeah, the thought of being that close to an edge, I can't. So next field trip, we're all going to the Grand Canyon. I mean, I'll go, but I'm not getting. Dude, we're gonna tie Kirsten to a rope and like, I will seriously cry of the Grand Canyon. You know how they have the Grand Canyon? They have like the clear walkway things. I couldn't do those. Watching videos of people go over them gives me a panic attack. Clear walkway things. I don't it's know like I... a bridge that doesn't yeah. like you can like just see straight down into it's the like glass Grand Canyon. Or to like, yeah. yeah. Oh, wonder how I missed that. I I don't think it's in like every stop because I'm assuming there's isn't more the than Grand one Canyon, stop like, at the Grand huge? Canyon. Yeah, isn't it's it kind of just like really ginormous? I just kind of drove <laughs> and stopped at like basically all like almost all of the stopping points around the Grand Canyon. That I think except it's, like, for the one that by. had the glass. Yeah, I literally all of them except that. I think you have to go on a little hike down it a little bit because I think it's like a regular stairwell, and then you it like takes you to the glass part. I think because my mom wants to go, and I said you go by yourself. You can have Must fun have been with on that. The side that I did not go on. Yeah, no, I feel I'm like if it's a, a bridge, person. you would have to go all the way across. It's not like a bridge like that. It just like, it goes down, around, and then back up. Is it like a a walkway? (laughs) Like how how you would imagine a riverfront to be 
but a Grand Canyon front instead. I hate that you said that. You th- <laughs> Jerome is one of the most haunted cities in America, and it's now known as like an old Western ghost town. And uh, people who like a lot of people who live in the area have reported hearing voices, and also like when they take like pictures and stuff. They often see just, like, someone in the background that wasn't in the picture originally. Like, you know, ghosts and stuff like that. Oh. In the back mm-hmm. of the pictures. Man with a little hattie hat like, on? Uh, I don't know if he has to have a hattie hat. Like, maybe sometimes. <laughs> maybe sometimes he has a hattie hat. Not all the time. Right. But they have, like, ghost tours that take place mm. there all the freaking time. And also... So, this part of, I couldn't find this on any of the stories that I searched up. It was literally only on the TikTok. Um, And also, maybe I just did a terrible, very poor, poor job trying to word this when I was searching it in Google. But, basically, if you go visit there, you're just, like, walking on dead bodies because Jerome was really good at recycling and they're like, we're going to use the ashes of the dead to create our streets and sidewalks. I love the earth. And so you just get to walk on dead bodies when you go there. TripAdvisor says that. TripAdvisor? Yeah. TripAdvisor. Remember, if you come <laughs> here, you'll be standing on dead bodies. Yeah, what? That's like one of the last things and, I thought to click on. And a lot of the... um. One of how most people know that is because when you go on tours, the people giving the tours tell you that. So it's probably just like okay. Because like I tried have... reading a couple tour websites, but I didn't. I didn't see anything on it. But yeah, TripAdvisor, I guess that makes sense. I don't think I'd want to walk on dead people. Isn't there a bunch of tunnels down too that lead all around the? Place? Yeah, there's like yeah, there was like some tunnels throughout the town. That way, when you were working the mines, you could just, you know, go in the tunnel in your house right to work. Yeah, because was it one of the hospitals or something? It was like a hospital and a morgue, and they would burn the people? It was a birthing center and a morgue. Okay. But, like, they also had, like, a dead body shoot. It was a birthing center and a morgue. Do you think if you set it up that way, like, you can force people to be reincarnated? I think so. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know how well, they had, be? Didn't they have, like, the dead body chute that led into the incinerator, and then that's where they got the ashes for the sidewalk? What? They had, like, a chute for bodies oh. that led to the incinerator, and then that was then, easy access for the people to get It looked like for the, sidewalk. the um, incinerator or whatever for the dead bodies was moved afterwards and is in the street now for people to see but I didn't look like it was before yeah they just have an incinerator that kind of goes like one of those pavement machines like the asphalt and it's just like you know in a couple of years a couple more people die we'll make this road finished yeah yeah I mean how else do you make roads I hope it's not with dead people I'm not sure I'm pretty sure, I won't say it's only with dead people. Yeah. 
Like dead people yeah, in water, I don't... right? Ashes in water? Yeah. Like, that's how they make cement. Yeah. That's what I was assuming. I, yeah. I don't... If we're wrong, please tell us. Obviously, we're not. Three people. Three people <laughs> can't be wrong. Yeah. Um, physically impossible. Astonishing Legends interviews a lot of people, though. So I like theirs. And I seen this, and I thought it was going to be a ghosty ghost. Because it said... Um, devil's what did i say it was devil's den and i thought that it was like a demon thing but it's just a national park so no ghost have you heard of that national park josh yeah i have not well it's in arkansas it's actually pretty all right so terry lovelace he i don't know how old he is he's pretty fucking old he looks like he's in his 60s at least he was in the air force i know from this from 1973 to 1979 so decently old um he was a medic and an emt and then after the air force he became a lawyer he was a felony prosecutor and a vermont state attorney for medical practice and he also has his bachelor bachelor's in psychology so he's a smart man he is has a lot of credentials he knows like i don't know stuff Um, he knows stuff about things yeah he knows like stuff he um so he wrote this book called devil's den i think that's him but and it's a story about an abduction (laughs) so in 2012 he went to get x-rays at the va i think something was like hurting in his leg or something and they took an x-ray and they're like huh this looks weird and it looked like the length of about a fingernail by his knee and it kind of had like little antenna things that like went up his leg almost and then he the nurse was like that's weird we should get some more pictures of this so she took some more shots and she showed him and he was like huh what the fuck could this be from and she took a side picture of it, and that's the density. Oh, I have to pull up a picture. The density is the same as the rest of his bone, but it wasn't his bone. Where's the picture? Okay. How can I zoom? Oh, it's maybe hard to see. Like these little dots. I see it. Kyla, I. Yeah, Kyla was just like Sorry. having an exorcism. I was no, I was on mute. Your mouth was moving really fast, no sound was coming out. I was on yeah. mute. So from the side it almost looks like it's like a little flower thing. That is separate from the little fingernail part, but that has a similar density to bone. Like it shows up the same way bone does on pictures. And then the radiologist comes in and they're like, Alright, well, let me like look at your leg. Let me find the scar, like Looking at this fucking thing, this x-ray, you're going to have a scar from whatever's in your leg. There's literally, they like look at his entire leg from his hip bone down. There's no scar on this guy's leg. And he's like, even in the military, I've never had any like wounds or anything, especially on my leg or on my knee specifically. And the radiologist is like, this is weird. In my 23 years of doing this, I've never seen 
someone something show up in someone's x-ray without any scars to show that they could have gotten it inside of their bodies can you put it off his butt first yeah you know when you shove something up your butt straight to your leg yeah Yeah, right to your knee right to the knee right to the knee and his first thought was like okay well this had to happen in my camping trip in 1977 um him and his friend were like in the military together they're in the air force their wives were best friends so they were best friends they all hung out together toby had kids they like big family big family um he's like hey man let's go camping and Terry's like, mm, I don't know about that. We're like city kids. I don't know what you mean by camping. And Terry's like, ah, oh, but like, or no, Terry had an interest in photography. So Toby is like, it would be such good, t- like, practice to go out there, get some pictures. You got a new camera, blah, 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 blah. And since they didn't know how to do any camping, they went to the research and did library search went to the library and did research i said that backwards um and they're like how do you camp and they read all the books and then they got some intel but they're like this was not helpful so they just went home and packed up some stuff and their lovely wives packed them food and lunches and stuff for a couple days it was a six-hour drive to devil's den state park in arkansas and i think some of it may be in missouri but most of it's in arkansas um and I looked at pictures. It is very pretty. They have lots of waterfalls. So, Terry, they get there. He's like, all right, pull up. I'll go get a permit for our campground. And Toby's like, no, man. We don't want to be all around all these families. Look at those fucking kids. Fuck them kids. Let's just go to the... Fuck them kids. Let's just go to the highest peak and we can camp at the farthest and highest peak that we can find from all of these fucking kids. Um, which I think is weird. I mean, it's not weird, but, like, it's weird. No, no, no. It's, like, as far away from the children as possible is usually a good But for place. two people that don't go camping, it's weird to be so, like, we can't, we shouldn't camp in the designated camping spots for our first ever time camping. Let's go out to the middle of the fucking woods nah, on the highest peak. They want to have a good experience away from children. I feel like that's exactly what somebody that doesn't know how to camp would do. They'd be like, ah, you just go in the woods, go wherever. Like, we're camping in the park. It's still in the so, park. Like, you can camp wherever you put a tent. But <laughs> exactly. there's a reason why there's some camping areas places. If they're going as far to read books to try and do research on how to camp, that seems Maybe. a bit weird that they're not going to also then follow the rules if they're reading books on how to camp. They think you know they're what I mean? some extreme camping. What if they were lead- reading, like, you know, level... There wasn't no no. There wasn't any. There books. wasn't any crazy information though at the library. That's why they kind they were, of just they were like, reading some hardcore camping it, books. It, it, or it was just like this is how you set up a tent. Remember yeah. to pack food. Yeah, that's what they were reading. Like um, you can't cook food easy. on a fire if you try really hard. Yeah, um, they went, ended up going off road, off a dirt road, and then I essentially, I don't know what nor- other people call them, but here in Michigan, they call them two tracks, because there's literally just two fucking tracks in the road, um, and that's what they were on, and then there was a chain, and it was like, no camping, no hunting, no people, fucking stay out, um, which seems weird. This- for a national f- park 
to have like a like absolutely nothing can happen right here but okay um so they took down the chain and they're like fuck it we're gonna set camp up here anyways and they make their way to the highest point that they could find and they see a little meadow so like they set their stuff down and then they get there and tara's like i just drove six hours i want to go on a little hikey hike so they went on a hike they found a little rock and they like laid down and took a nap together so cute um they didn't mean to fall asleep though and they woke up and it was like the sun was setting they're like fuck i don't know how we fell asleep especially for that long and they're like i hope we can get back to camp and set up in time before it's too dark and then when they got back toby wanted to set the camp up in the middle of the field or no terry wanted to set the camp up in the middle of the field and terry was like absolutely not happening and he's like well we came for pictures we got a good view of everything from the middle it was like a good spot to get all the angles and toby was like no not happening edge of the fucking meadow we are not going in the middle and he was so persistent that he eventually just gave up and they set camp up on the edge and they cooked some hot dogs laughed a lot live laugh love but not the love part because they were married to women um (laughs) yeah we can't love unless we're making love you i'm so glad that you agree I just said when I said it in my head, it sounded a little gay, <laughs> and I don't want to put that on and them. Laughed, made love to each other's buttholes. <laughs> I don't I mean, want to way, put that on them. <laughs> the way that you're uh, so- telling the story, in my imagination, when they fell asleep, they fell asleep like cuddling each other exactly. in the meadow, and then they're just hanging out, laughing, and um, live, laugh, loving. It was a very starry and pretty night. <laughs> That's going to be the name of that, this black woman. (laughs) At some point, the wind had stopped and all the bugs stopped making noise and there was no sound. And Terry was like, wow, this is really fucking weird. Hey, man, isn't this weird? It's like eerily silent and like the leaves on the trees literally just like aren't even moving. Like they are not moving a fucking smidge. And Toby's like, nah, it's fine. They just heard us talking, so they're quiet, and they'll start up again. <laughs> Are you talking about the tree leaves? No, the bugs. And the, and the wind and the tree. Or the wind and the yeah. bugs. Like like crickets you, and stuff. Yeah. Everyone stop. knows, just like in movies, when you're having a conversation, all the background all the bugs noise stop. shuts up. Yeah. Yeah. But like, okay, I haven't been camping in a while, but every time I've been camping, I don't think the bugs ever stop making noise. No, that's no, like the telltale to sign of that like, something's wrong. That you need of, to get like, going. You're gonna get murdered. Ooh, yeah, how come the bugs know? Bugs always know. They're like, ah, uh, you see Jim over there? He's a serial killer. <laughs> the only other time I've heard of bugs getting really quiet like that is like tornadoes or when there's like a solar eclipse and when the moon is right in front of the sun. That bugs also get really quiet during that point too. Which is weird, they all but think like they're gonna die. I I don't know. Um, and he says in hindsight, this was his uh, this should have been their cue to pack the fuck up and get out of there. And he's like, we should have left. Obviously, we didn't know that then. He'd never been camping. He's like, hmm, maybe that's just what bugs do, but they don't. And then Toby looks looking around. He looks to the left, and he's like, hey man, were those lights there before? The lights on the horizon. And Tara's like. Hmm no and 
he's like they look like stars but they look like fake stars and they were as bright as the north star and like they're in the air force so they know spacecrafts and at that time they probably know what there is to know about like things that fly in the sky um i'm gonna assume i could be wrong but and from to all of their knowledge, there was nothing that flew that had, like, the same kind of light pattern. So it had, like, a triangle light pattern with the top, like, the pointy part pointing up to the sky. And then it started just, like, rotating and spinning up into the sky, I guess. Just, like, f- flailing around. And then they had a feeling of calmness wash over them as the thing started to rotate. And he described it as, my mood was inappropriate because based on, like, the strange things that they were seeing on top of the sound, he shouldn't have been as calm and, like, disinterested as they were. And they barely spoke as they seen it. It went up into the air, turning and twisting, and... They could see the black shadow in the shape of it, and then it came right over the meadow about, like, like I don't know how tall a five-story building is, but, like, five stories in the air is how far it was hovering. And it was set up right where Terry wanted to set the camp up in the middle of the fucking meadow. It was just, like were stopped here it was about the size of like a block of like the city or something and it had like light bars does that make sense for the lights they weren't just circular lights they were light bars like how big of a bar i don't know is it like the size of a truck you know those fluorescent lights that are like just big like tubes was it like that big like what's in like grocery stores and stuff yeah. I think probably a little bigger. Because it's, if it's the size of a city block and there's only three lights and you can see oh, them from far away. Yeah. They're huge, huge. And then, so they also were beaming from each end, like straight out. And, but at some point, it does go up and down. So I think the whole thing can be lit up. But they could control where the light's coming. So at this point, it was beaming from either end. Um, and he said that's what kind of made it look like a twinkling star, and especially when it was spinning. I don't know. A beam of light came out of the bottom. It was about six inches in diameter, hitting their campfire and then switching off. And then they also still were not talking to each other. There was a second beam of light, but it was more like a laser and it was a purplish blue and it would like go on their campground or on the camp site and it would be like light like a laser like pointing on something and then switch off and then be on something else and then switch off and then be on something else and switch off does that make sense mm-hmm. okay like a spotlight kind of well it was this one was like a laser the other one was like a spotlight okay he said this one was like the size of like a pencil and he could trace it coming from the aircraft and for about 15 to 10 minutes they sat and they didn't say anything and then when toby did speak it did startle him and he's like wow it's so weird that like all these lights and stuff aren't startling me but when my friend talks to me that i've came here with talks to me i'm like oh weird um and then toby said quote unquote show's over and then he picked up his air mattress, threw it in the tent, climbed in, and fell face down. And then Terry followed suit and did the same exact thing. And the bugs were still not making noises. 
And then he say, he said, I'm going to assume about four hours had passed. And then he noticed a flood of light flashing outside of the tent, white, yellow, and a bluish light, alternating and flashing extremely bright. And he started to realize that his whole body hurt. And then he hears like a low hum. And then they're on their knees, like trying to like, look out the little flaps. And I think Toby was already looking out them when he like woke up. And it, when like one of the flashes of light shows his face, Terry or Toby is literally just sobbing his eyes out. And Terry's like, I all of a sudden don't feel calm. This doesn't feel right. Something's wrong. And he's terrified. And he's like, hey, man, what is it? Is it the park rangers? And Toby's sobbing, crying and goes, shh. I think they're still walking around out there. And Terry's like, who? And then he like flaps his little flap and he notices the craft and it's like now 30 feet and he could see the windows and figures moving. He's like, the fuck are those kids running around? And Toby's like, or Terry asked Toby, literally, are those kids running around out there? And Toby is still crying. And he's like, no, man, don't you remember? They took us. They aren't kids. They hurt us. And then he has uh, flashes of what happened. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess. So those aren't kids. <laughs> what the hell? And then they were like frozen. So they just watched it all happen. And then they sat and watched the light figures be walk under the light and in pairs. And then they didn't beam up. They just dissolved into the light. And then once they all were gone... And the light was switched off and they were floating away. Toby is like having a panic attack, hyper hyperventilating as one probably fucking would. And he's like, we have to go. We have to fucking go. So they make a plan and then they run to the car and they get in and they lock it and they turn the lights on and make sure the only one's in the car. And then they were like, damn, we're thirsty as fuck. <laughs> And when they got there, since they were going off the trail, Toby made a map so they knew how to get out, which was smart of him. And, like, all these things that Toby is doing to me makes me believe that he sensed all of this was going to happen. Toby totally um, knew. That's what just my fuck, opinion. Toby? And Toby. They, it's like the audacity of him. <laughs> he's like, well, and, like, he was the one persistent on going camping, too, and they, he, he was like, oh, we can go here, and Toby's like, we have to go to the one that's six hours away. Toby's like, um, you know, I read something about getting abducted, and my butthole's really been hankering for something oh. to be inside of it. You know, freak me sometimes the it out. happens. Um, so Toby seemed to have more of a reaction. Both their eyes were swollen, but Toby's were almost swollen shut. And then they got to the gas station. Terry went to the bathroom and he was like drinking water out of it by the fucking handful. And then he looked in the mirror and he's like, holy fucking shit. Why am I sunburned? This is weird. Even the bottom of his feet looked like they were sunburned. His literal entire body, even though he did not take his clothes off, was sunburned. And then they were checking out. They were getting some drinks because they were thirsty. And one of the customers like, it ain't any of my business, but what the hell your fella's been into? And then they were like, nah. we don't fucking know. And then he's like, if you will need to use my phone to call for help, like, you can do that. But you guys need to get help in some way possible. And then on um, the way to back to the base, Toby or Terry was looking at Toby, which is his friend. He's known him for a while. And he just said that he felt absolute almost like disdain. And he wanted nothing more to do with Toby after this, which I think is kind of weird. 
Um, and when he gets home, his wife's like, oh, you're home so soon. And then like looks at him and she's like, what happened to you? You look sunburned. And then he had a fever of 103.8. He took a bath, took some Tylenol, and then she took them to the hospital. And when they got there, they made him – they made his wife go back and bag up all of his stuff, all of his clothes, and bring it back. And the hospital was waiting for them to come in. To. Yeah, the hospital knew that they were coming, though. And they knew this because park rangers found – this is what doesn't make sense to me. The park rangers found all of their bags and shit and their like their abandoned campsite and brought it back to the base and gave it to the hospital. But if they found it after they left, how like okay, yeah, he took a bath and took some Tylenol, but like you can't tell me that he he sat at home for a couple hours before before he went to the hospital. You know what I mean? Like how did they get it? How did, How did they, they get it there before and them? Get all the stuff before them. Yeah, yeah, that to me is weird. Um, and he also said he thinks it's weird that they found like, but that they just found his stuff so fast because like mm-hmm. they went to the yeah, like farthest tallest peak to find people's stuff. Yeah, and find people that go missing. Um, they got to the hospital. They were de- dehydrated. They had burns all over their body, and their corneas of their eyes were burned. Which is weird, because they this is like the middle of the night, um, and the two men in suits came in. They are part of the OSI, which is the Office of Special Investigations. They're like a big deal, one of those you know three lettered groups. They show them badges. They are like, "We're in charge of your case," and he's like, "Oh shit, what the fuck did I do?" um and he's like we need you to sign some papers and tara's like am i in trouble and they're like would we be here if you weren't in trouble valid question valid point you probably wouldn't be they asked some questions and he answered all of them but didn't tell them about the ufo because he knew he would sound crazy and he thought like we we're in the air force we don't like be put in a hospital or something it's the 70s bad 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 decision um, and they asked why they camped out there and then abandoned it. And then they asked if they had a marijuana plants out there between the two of them. And he was like, no. And then he's like, well, if, if you didn't, do you mind signing some waivers and consents for us searching your home and your car? And he didn't read them. And there was like six pages or so. And he signed them all. And they did, re- they did search his car and his house. And the only thing that they kept were photos that he took of the moon. Um, and one of the agents was like, I know that you know that I know that you guys stumbled upon something. And I need to see the pictures that you guys took of what you've seen. And he's like, we didn't take any pictures of anything. And he's like, I know you have pictures of what you guys seen out there. We need to see those fucking pictures. And he's like, we literally didn't take any pictures. And he harasses him about these pictures that they never took pictures. But like, they're, he, he's like, before... They say anything about being abducted. This guy that works for the military is like, I know you guys seen something. Let me tell. Let me see the pictures. Give me the pictures so that you can't show them to anyone else. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just weird that he knew that they seen something. Yeah. And um, like they ordered in national national parks and stuff. Probably know a little bit of something. But they didn't work in the national wide. parks. They just went to it. The OSI is like um, like a military three-letter. Like, they investigate, like, terrorism and stuff. They don't no. do national parks. Well, park they're in the military, things. though, so they know something. Yeah, I'm but... I'm sure they work with the national parks. Yeah. Eh. 
To some extent. Yeah, I don't know. With all the people that go missing, I'm going to say they don't. Um, or they just don't care about the people that go missing. Yeah, so why would they need to work with them a lot? To make sure that they stay missing. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, information uh, hidden. They ordered the two of them a no contact order. They couldn't talk and nothing like that. He was like, damn, like, I don't want to see him ever again. Like, I don't want anything to do with him, but I still want to say goodbye to him because he is my friend. And Terry also was given pills that didn't come from their base in Missouri. They came from a base in Ohio. And the markings on them didn't match anything in the books that, like, because, like, you can Google what's on pills and it'll tell you what it is. Like, the numbers and letters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um they didn't have Google then, so they couldn't do that. But it didn't match any of the pills that were in books that you could look up. He was supposed to take them three times a day, and a nurse would come and check on him at night before he went to bed. But she would the only thing she would do is count the pills and then leave. She wouldn't take his blood pressure. She wouldn't ask him how he's doing. She wouldn't check up on him physically. She would just count the pills and leave. That's weird. And yeah. so after, like, a couple days, his wife is like, you're acting stupid. And he's like, I feel kind of loopy. And she's like, you're acting really fucking weird. Stop taking these pills. And they started flushing them down the toilet every time he was supposed to eat. So whenever the lady came by to count them, the count was always on. So he didn't really know what the pills were supposed to do. Didn't know what they were. And then a couple weeks later, they were driving. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say goodbye to Toby. He's our friend. Our families are friends. I can't I just have to do it so they stopped in they were packing up all their shit to leave because now Toby is getting shipped off to Japan weird they shook hands they were like goodbye goodbye um and then Toby was like smelled of vodka I guess he wasn't a big drinker before and then he was like looked at Terry and he was like did like what happened really happen and then Terry's like yeah you're not crazy it's all real I probably he's like they heard us and took us and he's like yes um and then as they were pulling into their house the phone was going off and he answered it and the osi guy was like you violated an order that was fucking rude of you and then he was like what did you guys give each other can can i see those pictures see the pictures of what you seen out there yeah we were just a little handies before we left just like a that's their handshake (laughs) <laughs> with their mouth um and he's like i just wanted to say goodbye to my friend and that was all and also in the hospital they tested him they were giving off radiation and a lot of the symptoms that they had like are symptoms of being exposed to radiation and then he had some memories from being on the ship and he said it was huge almost like they were inside a football stadium and then the, about five weeks later, the OSI officer took him and was like, I'm going to take you to have a little chatty chat. So the car pulls up. He gets in. They get bust through a bunch of doors. They get led to an interrogation room. It was small, blah, blah, blah. None of that really matters. And then the guy comes in and he's like, we're going to hypnotize you. And this guy's like, I'm sorry, what? And then he slams down the papers and he's like, you see these things that you signed that you didn't read? It says, we can hypnotize you. And it also says, we can hypnotize you using drugs if we need to. And then in my head, I'm just like, this is part of MK. The drugs There's no like. question about it. Oh, yeah. Um, same time, like, it was definitely MKUltra. And then one of the drugs that they gave him was a... Um, 
I can't no remember. You think how to that's say. how they sure. got away with all that stuff during MK Ultra? What? It is happened to have people sign some shit for whatever type of stuff and they're like oh, I think some of it was that way, you. yeah. And I've, you Yeah. Some of it was that, some of it was people willing, some of it was people that weren't willing. And then um I was trying to look at the drug they gave him. What is it? Starts with a B. Benadryl. No, barbiturates. Is that how you say it? Barbiturates. Barbiturates. So that's what they gave him. And but the one that they gave him specifically was a sedative for people who have insomnia, and it was supposed to like make you like tired and sleepy. Um, because he was like, they did give him a drug. So they tried to hypnotize him with a drug, and then before that, Terry was like, "Can I?" draw my consent and he's like yeah you can but we'll court martial you which I don't know what that is because I'm not a military person but it sounds bad it Um, sounds not good (laughs) yeah so he's like well I guess I'll fucking take this drug and you can hypnotize me what other fucking option do I have Um, the chemical name is sodium amytal which is a barbiturate Um, which they did use in MKUltra that's how I was like these go hand in hand uh, they started, he started to try and hypnotize him and it was working a little bit and like he did recover some memories, but then he also like realized that he had some control over some of it. So then he like was trying to fight it and like not give him too much answers. But the guy was like, how do you know these people, these beings? And he's like, yeah, I know them from my childhood. So now Terry is remembering them from his childhood um and he called them star people and he said that they would come when he was a child and take him and then bring him back that's when at that point he starts to like pull himself out of the hypnosis then he has gaps in the interrogation too which could just be from the drugs that they gave him but he remembers being in the craft with when he was with Toby and hearing a woman scream. And he remembers being in the ship and there was some beings that looked like humans that looked like they were like maybe the crew members. And then they also had like the little gray guys that were on the ship that were the ones outside. But he said like the only thing that makes sense to him is like how they were different is that they more operated like they were AI, uh, artificial intelligence. And maybe that like the one guys that looked like humans but like clearly weren't were telepathically controlling these little robots and the robots were doing all their dirty work because they were the ones handling the people. Telepathically controlling them? Well, the aliens telepathically talk to us humans mm. when they kidnap us, so. Right, okay. Um, please don't kidnap so ba- me, though. Basic alien communication. Kirsten's right, been right, ready right, for right. it since That's she was a child. <laughs> no. I look so crazy just now. Okay. Um, so he's seen three kinds. The other one, he kind of was like more like the leader of the ship. He was taller, chalky complexion, oversized eyes, but not like too big. Not like what you see in like the little green aliens with their eyes are huge. Not that big. But he did only have little dots for nostrils and a slit for a mouth. That's weird. Wait, but you said they were like really little people, right? They're, well, this guy's different. So there is three different beings that he's seen on the ship. So the little oh. people, the little gray men were more like the AI, like acting as if they were robots, like following command. 
apparently the size of children, but really fucking strong. I worked with a girl who said that her brotherhood saw her and her brother had saw aliens that were like really tiny. But anyway, maybe this was them. Maybe it was just the fucking robots. It was just the robots. The robots are coming down to do their dirty work. Because then if they get cut open, they're not get, finding alien goop. They're finding electronics. Makes yeah. sense to me, honestly. Now that I'm breaking this down, I understand Where do you it. think cats come from? <laughs> and birds. <laughs> um, but he said that this man guy was, like, really fucking scary. And he was like, he clearly was not human. Like, did not look human. If you were to run him around the street, you'd be like, that's a fucking alien. Um, and then he heard Toby screaming, oh my god, oh my god, no, no, no. And then Terry was levitated onto a table where he calls this guy Dr. Bug, which literally just is a giant bug that started to do some surgery stuff on him. And he was doing some stuff on his back, I guess. And then he started screaming, but he couldn't hear himself. So he just kept screaming really fucking loud. And then the bug goes into his brain telepathically. And he's like, yo, man, stop screaming. You know that we don't hurt you and that we take you back, so why are you screaming? And then he's like, excuse me? This is weird. And then he goes, boop, on his little forehead with his little finger, boop, boop, and then he just passes out. And then that's when they uh, pick up their air mattresses and I don't even fucking know. That's when they wake up to the bright lights, maybe, from outside. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think Dr. Bug was a malicious thing, and he actually wishes that he could sit down and have a conversation with him because he thinks that he was just doing his job and that they can't understand human pain or emotions, and so he didn't see it as doing bad because they're like, we're just going to wipe your memory. Does it matter if we fucking kidnap you if you don't remember it? My answer is it does matter. It doesn't. Uh, It does. If you're putting things in my body, it fucking matters. <laughs> um, he remembers when he was playing in the backyard as a kid that a UFO floated above him. And then he, like, laid on the ground to took, take a look at it. But then he was talking to other UFO people. And then they're like, were you laying on the ground or is that when they dropped you off? And he's like, huh. I actually don't ever remember physically laying on the ground. I just remember waking up on the ground and assuming that I laid on the ground. Weird. Yeah. And then when he was about four or five, he also remembers being taken on board and playing with other children on the UFO. And they had to, like, work with these geometric shapes. Like, I just imagine pushing the, sh- the square. You have the square, triangle, and circle, and you have the big block, and you're trying to push them through. You know what I'm talking about? They were doing that mm-hmm. on the UFO ship. That's what he was saying. And then there was this lady who was an alien because she had the slits and the two dots but she was like very nice to them and when they got things right she would be like good job kids you're doing so great round of applause so proud of you good job um and then they were like hey miss lady how come we can talk on the ship real well but in real life we can't communicate this well our vocabulary isn't this good and she's like you guys just aren't ready yet it's fine but you got those shapes real good. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2017, um, she came and visited him again. And he woke up in his chair in his living room and he looked across and seen her there. And he was like, oh, my God, you're from when I was a kid. And she was reading his mind. And she's like, yes, I am. It's so, like, me. Your face. He also 
wanted to ask her this question when he was on the ship. He seen big tanks full of things and they looked like experiments and they're like fish tanks and they covered an entire wall. And one of them had something that was about the size of a dog, but it didn't have ears, but it looked like it was had ears. But there was just wrinkly skin that made the ears. So it wasn't a dog. I don't know what it was. And then he was like looking at it and it moved and he got scared. So he's like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, "Mm, pish posh, none of your business. But these are some things that you shouldn't talk about to people. And he's like, fuck them and talk about it. And he wrote a book and he put it in his book. Um, And then he's like, what about this thing in my leg? Can like, so he had a heart attack. So he can't have a lot of surgeries to get it out. So the doctors are like, we're just going to leave this in because you're having surgery like you having surgery is bad and he's like well i'll just ask the aliens so he asks the aliens he's like hey can you guys remove this out of my leg and she's like yeah we can do that for you and then one day he wakes up and he's like i feel weird my head kind of hurts so then he's like i think i was abducted and they took the thing out of my leg so no doctors would give him x-rays because like you can't just go in and be like x-ray my leg they don't do that um, <laughs> i want an x-ray <laughs> So he went to a chiropractor and he was like, can you x-ray my leg? And the guy was like, no, 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 you're crazy. But then he showed him the other x-ray and the doctor was like, this is weird. So he takes him into the back room. He ignores all of his other fucking clients. He says, fuck you guys, get your backs cracked somewhere else. And then he like looks at it and then he takes an x. He like examines his leg and now he has a scar on his leg that he didn't have before. And then he takes an x-ray and that little thing is gone not the flower thing but the little fingernail thing by his knee is gone weird right and there is now now there's two little lines that are still like the little wires that were left in and then he's like do you think they left them and this doctor is like i don't think so he's like i think that they just took the one out of you and replaced it with the newer version that's smaller and i'm like this doctor is onto something. Also, this doctor is saying that. The doctor um, is like, yeah, no, definitely aliens. <laughs> the doctor yeah, like, no, I, I put that in there. I've been working with them for a while, but you're, he's like, you're not gonna I think shit this anyway. doctor has his own experience, ex, ex, um, experience, experience with with uh, aliens or something. And then, so he wrote his book and released it. And after he wrote his book and released it, military helicopters were flying all around his house. And you may say, you're just being delusional. You're just thinking it's about you and it's not about you. Um, But then there was an article in Dallas about one of the reporters was like, why the fuck is there so many military fucking helicopters in the area all of a sudden right after the guy released his books and since he was in the military he was like well these helicopters should have this and this and this but they don't and these ones have helmets on but these ones don't and if you're in the military you have to have your helmet on when you're flying you just have to but they weren't marked military they were military things but they didn't have the markings on them that like they do you know what i mean they were like military level helicopters, but they didn't have any like. But they weren't actual military. They they were actual military, but they didn't have the markings that they are supposed to. Okay. So he takes them to one of his military people, and they're like, "Yeah, that is one, but like, I don't know why they don't have their shit marked or something." And then he ended up moving. And how he got his book is throughout his entire life, he kept journals. And when he would ever, when he would have like a recovered memory, he would write it down immediately. So that way, 
like he wasn't just like writing this book for memory he was looking back at old journals and wrote this book so mm-hmm. it's like all fresh fresh memories i guess fresh memories and he so said he wanted to tell oh and this is another thing so from his first initial x-ray he wanted to keep those x-rays from the va and they wouldn't give them to him they wouldn't give him all of his images he had to take them to court to get all of his x-rays from his leg is that not weird Mm-hmm. and then he was like i want to tell my story because i know that the that the government knows that ufos are real and they're not telling us about them and the government can't keep us safe and they're just lying to us so they're gonna come after me the government's gonna come after me i'm pretty sure they have been going after him um but I just want to tell my story because like these if they were fucking really aliens going are real. After him, they could, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, cause like a lot of a lot of like the men his age in the Air Force, specifically the Air Force, have UFO stories. So I feel like you can't silence them all without it being suspicious. They actually just put yeah. a bunch more UFO stories like into the world that are fake to make it seem less true. Yeah. Instead of like killing him, they just saturate the stories. Awesome. But also exactly. like so they they knew that they were out there. How'd they find their bag so fast? And then this other guy gets shipped to Japan within the next two weeks. Uh-huh. And he can be, and true. then they have a no contact order. They're not allowed to talk to each other. Them not being able to talk to each other is super weird. I mean, it's it is it's normal in like crime things, but they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that is really fucking weird. They were camping. They're like, and uh, you're allowed you to guys camp. Like camping together? Absolutely not. We knew you were live, laugh, loving, and not in the straight way. <laughs> yeah that's that's the whole reason you know i'm pretty sure that was the time that you couldn't be gay in the military so probably so (laughs) wasn't that just like two years ago that they changed the honestly it wasn't that long ago i remember the bill they got uh... rid of the don't ask don't tell bill which was where you weren't allowed to tell anyone that you were gay and they weren't allowed to ask you if you were gay, right? I don't know. I think so. That sounds about right. So they just got rid of that. They're so behind. When I was looking up stuff about it, they had literally just changed the rules for um, like hair guidelines. So for black women being able to yes, black women being able to after all the George Floyd protective hairstyles it was not a thing it was not allowed they had to and they weren't allowed to wear their natural hair either no you couldn't wear your naturally curly hair either have natural hair you couldn't wear any protective hairstyles like you had to try and put your hair up like a white person like you know what I mean like it was just things that aren't ideal for black hair it was ridiculous that is literally hard as fuck or it's inconvenient and takes up a lot of time very very inconvenient and honestly just not like it doesn't just rude as fuck them to ask them of that yeah yeah but that's my story a little little abduction i thought little it was a ghosty abduction. ghost halfway through i was like this is aliens this is not ghost 
Yep. I thought this guy was going to have like a little demon that followed him around through his entire life. And I was so excited to have a really fun ghosty story. Nope. Maybe next week. You know, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> I have my story on. It's called The Dead Man Who Saved Brandon Day and Gina Allen on Mount San, San Jacinto, Jacinto. I don't know where how that's pronounced, but in California. So pronounced in a Spanish way. Probably. Who knows? In March 2006, Brandon Day met Gina Allen. She was an all-American cheerleader as a teen and then a traveling cheerleading instructor. Um, It said Brandon thought Gina was down-to-earth and beautiful. Gina thought it was weird how easily she could talk to Brandon right away, and they both had a sarcastic sense of humor. Cute. And it talks uh, a bit about their first couple of dates. So on their their fifth date, on their 23rd date, on their (laughs) fifth date, they went to Palm Springs on May 5th, 2006. Says together with about around a thousand people from the sales conference, they partied at the JW Marriott and Rat Pack night or for Rat Pack night. What is that? Like rats? Like Mm -hmm. little rats? Oh. Yeah, I have no idea what Rat Pack Night is. Keep that noise in there. <laughs> well. <laughs> they were there on Friday, Saturday morning. They ate breakfast and headed down to hear the morning speaker, which finished at 11 a.m. Having a few hours to kill before dinner, the conference organizers had hired a travel company to offer options. A safari through the desert in the back of a Jeep, a celebrity homes tour, Horseback riding, golf, or ride up Mount San Jacinto, Jacinto on the Palm Springs aerial tramway. Brandon saw the ad for the tram, uh, boasting of spectacular views, a restaurant, and a bar. And the couple thought that they'd head up the mountain and grab a quick drink around 2 p.m. Mount Jacinto is 10,834 feet high. Um, at its peak, the peak is easily accessible, and there's many trails that like go up and through the mountain. And so mountaineers, like a hard trek. No, it's like decently well traveled. Like maybe not fully, fully up it, but depending on where you are, um, because mountaineers will train on its north face for bigger challenge like uh, Mount Everest or something along those lines. So there's, like, part of it that is, like, that's pretty crazy, but not the whole, not the whole mountain range. Yep. The most popular route starts with the 10-minute ride on the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway. It's, like, one of those cable cars that goes up the mountain. says, Brandon changed out of his shorts and into wind pants and a t-shirt. Gina put on a pair of yoga capris and a two-layered tank top. I don't know what wind pants are. Okay. Aren't those like the weird like plasticky pants? Like the parachute pants in the eighties? Yeah. Like the pants my yeah. mom brought out the other day. <laughs> I love it. They both wore tennis shoes and sneakers, carried just a digital camera, chapstick, and a one ounce tube of sunscreen. Says, um, as this wasn't a day hike, they didn't pack any food or water. Brandon said we weren't planning a hike. We were just there for a little one hour nature walk. Um, yeah, I do those sometimes. Yeah, just a little, just a little walkie walk. 
when the tram stopped at the peak and the doors opened, the guide said, be back here in two hours. Um, in two hours. Yeah, like, they got two hours just, like, meander like, around oh, the mountain for two I'm hours. I'm watching you, Mike Wazowski. After the night of partying, the couple thought a walk would clear their heads. They yeah. went on a walk on the mountains. Yes. Did they go on the walk at night? No, it was, like, okay. mid-afternoon, like, 2 p.m.-ish. I was like, a hike at night sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, no. and But, like, okay, they were brought up to, like, the top of the mountain, and it says that they were having, like, little snowball fights, and they walked a little desert view trail that um, loops around, like, the area by the tramway. But if you're going that high up, you would think that, like, the guide would stay there. They wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go chill. Come back here in two hours for the ride back. Yeah, I don't know. Said so at this point, the terrain was easy, and they saw a lookout point around 75 yards away off the trail. They could see people there and other people coming up the trail who said the view was pretty in there, and they were casually dressed. So they decided they would be fine for how they were prepared, and they decided to head off in that direction. Somewhere in the distance came the sound of a waterfall, maybe 75 yards further. And getting to it was a bit more difficult, but since it was only 30 minutes since they'd gotten off the tram, they'd sure be, they were sure they'd make it back in time uh, to be able to leave. It says, but somehow Brandon miscalculated and made a wrong turn on the way back. It was easier when they came to a tree or boulder or some other obstacle to turn right down the mountain rather than climb up. So they became lost um, just a little off course and just kept kind of getting lost and trying to like get a little bit off course thinking you found your way back and then suddenly the terrain did not look familiar they heard voices which they a tried to follow dimension. new dimension <laughs> also also this is just kind of like a weird a weird story a weird coincidency kind of survival story for the okay. preference i don't have a, a spooky no one deaths. this time that's no, fine. Uh, n- no, no. Um, but they heard voices, which they tried to follow, but the sound was bouncing off boulders and echoing off of like the canyon walls. It was and just a it just <laughs> probably because <laughs> they just kept getting further and further away from parrot. where they were supposed to be. Just a little like squirrel running around. They're like, "Who's that?" At some point, they started uh, sliding on their backsides over just, like, loose pieces. It's a loose scree, which I think is just, like, that weird grass stuff For fun that grows because... on mountain. Oh, no. Scree is small, loose stones. They weren't so, doing like, that for fun. No, no, no. They were holding onto the brush for support so that they, like, didn't just fall off of the mountain. Neither of them have ever camped or even done any real hiking. Making it worse for Gina, she could feel herself losing it and was worried about getting back to the tram. But she was just as worried about how Brandon would handle it if she gave up and became hysterical. Because it would be easy for him to say, you know what, screw you then. You sit here, cry, be a baby, I'm getting out of here. After all, he'd only known her for a little over a month. So she was like... Because this is only, like, their fifth day, and she's just like, this dude's gonna abandon me. Oh my god, could you imagine? 
terrible. That's a red oh. flag, though, if he was going to abandon you. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they just, I mean, like, That's it's like, not like you're going to... He care about me as much as he cares about himself. As you're, like, laying there dying, it's as just, like, red flag. Each other. Yeah. I mean, I would start crying. I would keep moving, but I would also start crying. And if someone would, like, run away and be like, you're on your own, bitch, because you're crying, I would be like, terrible date. Not because we're stuck on a mountain, because he you're left dying, and ran off. Like, Three out of ten. <laughs> I just thought he yeah. was three out of ten. He's a ten, but he ran off. He's a ten, yeah. but he ran away, so he's a two. <laughs> he's a ten, but he doesn't kiss you when you're a worm. <laughs> oh, I hate those so much. <laughs> oh, so much. Anyway. <laughs> by 3.30 p.m. Gina was kind of just like pointing herself in different directions and like screaming saying like help is anyone out there we're lost is anybody there just like kept doing that every like 15 minutes or so thinking like for sure there's hikers everywhere here people hike here all the time like somebody will find us um the air was thin and the terrain just got rockier and now the sun was starting to set so around 7.30 p.m., so like six hours after they got there, um, with the temperature falling fast, they were able to scramble along a stream, um, the steep walls of the canyon to each side, when they came up to a 50-foot waterfall. Ooh. I want to see it. Did they come to Who the bottom it? of it or the top Who of it? measured it? Uh... They just they fell down and counted. They had a tape measure with them. Oh, right. okay. so they jumped okay. off okay. and they're like, every time I count to three, that's a new foot. One, they, two, three. I think that's more than a foot. When you're... I'm just saying shit. I don't know. <laughs> There's no, like some weird calculation that you can do where it's just like yeah. if you throw a rock down something and wait for it to land. Like however long oh, you wait yeah. it is how tall it is. Yeah. If I can remember what that was. It checks out. Anyway, Brandon found a big flat rock near the water out in the open to make it easier for rescuers to spot them. Um, And then they sat there for the night running through reasons why people just had to be searching. Brandon felt responsible for the mess they were in and started to apologize, but Gina stopped him. He's like, we both walked (laughs) off the path together. We're here together. We'll get out of this together. So, you know... Trauma bonding. We always love it. Said from the top of the mountain, it looked to them like they could walk down to Palm Springs, almost due east. But once they got into Long Valley, the terrain got very, very rugged. Then Brandon made a decision. He told Gina, we are not going to die on this mountain. Why not? He he, he finally decided that they weren't going to die. He put his foot down. He put his foot down on that mountain. Said by now the temperature had dipped below 40 without the wind chill and with the wind picking up. Brandon said he'd seen a makeshift cave, more like a little crevice that was formed by some rocks that were laying around. And there was just enough room for them to sit hunched over. So they didn't sleep that night as the waterfall was loud, it was windy, and every 30 minutes Brandon made them stand up and jog in place to prevent hypothermia. When the sun finally rose, they figured incorrectly that the worst was behind them. 
and they consoled themselves they that they figured they'd... incorrectly. <laughs> yep, incorrectly. They figured that the worst was behind them, and they were wrong. Because they consoled themselves that they'd always have the crazy story to tell about the time they had to spend the night on Mount Jacinto. They but they sl- never got to tell it because they died. They horrifically. died horrifically. So they were convinced all they had to do was wait for rescuers to find them. And at this point, Brandon remembered that people who are lost in the wilderness will wander further away from the search area, making themselves harder to find. So they agreed to stay put since they thought the search party was probably getting started that morning at daybreak. They sat on a flat rock above the waterfall for three hours. They were thirsty, but they didn't drink any of the water because they were worried about getting sick. Says, what was the point of getting sick if they expected to hear a helicopter or someone calling their names any minute? They thought, like, why aren't they search, or what if they aren't searching? And actually, no one was. The tour guide had assumed the couple found another way back to the hotel after they didn't make roll fall on the bus. And they realized they were two guests short. So they just were like, ah, they probably got a different way back. I feel like... That's gotta be illegal. There's no oh, way. Yeah. To there just leave was... them? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel like there's no... Well, I mean, I guess when was it? But, like, I feel like there's still gotta be, like... That's not... Oh, this was, like... This, like, not this year. Like, 26... 2006? Yeah, no yeah. way! Like, tour like, guys that's gotta have be to call illegal. the cops... After some point of you not They're probably like, no, they were cool. I don't want to call on them. They're probably fine. But, like, really, when you don't They're cool. They're just dead. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. That they concluded eventually, like, later in that day, that no one was looking for them. And so they came up with a new plan. They had taken a picture of the waterfall that led them off the path. So they decided to try to get back to that waterfall. It says, once they find that fall, they would know that they would be at least close to the trail. And it says, besides, up was the only direction they could go because the waterfall below was a dead end. Literally. They made uh, one big X on the ground with the rocks. Bones. So climbing up proved much more difficult than climbing down. And the slope was so steep that they had to crawl on their stomach sometimes. Ooh, um, just like I, basically yeah, like that. scrambling up the mountain. Um, Terrible. So Gina recognized a single dead pine tree that she thought resembled an old man. The previous day from the scenic overlook, the tree had been above them and now it was below. Off in the distance, they could once again see Palm Springs. With what seemed like a thousand waterfalls on the mountain, they all began to look the same. So they hadn't taken them that long to, like, climb to the top of the ridge. So how long could it possibly take to, like, walk all the way down now? Because they could see, like, the big city. So the tram ride only took 10 minutes. And now, and so, like, they thought, like, yeah, it should be, like, we might be able to, like, get down. Yeah, it took them five days. The night started kind of, like, coming up. And they were higher than they were that first night that they slept. Because they were, like, trying to climb back up to the trail. And so they started to worry that they were going to die from exposure with the winds picking up. They climbed up on a boulder and found a parallel valley that appeared to offer an alternate route around the 50-foot fall. When they were looking in there, Brandon came to a 10-foot vertical drop. He was perched on the edge, holding onto some roots for balance. 
Gina was about 20 yards above and behind him, and he heard her scream and looked over his left shoulder to see a rock slide headed right at him. Oh, no. Brandon grabbed the root with both hands and swung off the edge of the cliff, dangling midair. Said a rock the size of a suitcase felt like he missed him by a foot. Ah, oh, that would be so scary. They learned that they had to stay closer together, so like if one of them started like a little rock slider <laughs> to slide down, oh, oui, oui. that they could they could actually help each other. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> it, it might be helpful just a little bit. Had followed the that little valley that they were stuck in. They came across a stream. They still decided not to drink water because they were worried about bacteria and parasites. Ugh, and they, this is like their second day of you're not that drinking about any water. I think you're just supposed to drink some and then like wait like a couple hours to make sure you don't die because like you go through water really fast. But Start um, fire, boil that shit. Honestly. I feel like at this point, people should have just had, like, the water filter water bottles. Because I had this shit years ago. If you're going hiking all the way out there, why would you just not have one of those water bottles where it, you can drink from wherever? Just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Honestly. take notes for our next hiking trip. Anyway, Kyla knows everything. Of course. It says on Monday morning, their third day on the mountain, they picked themselves up and kept going. At one point, Brandon fell through a crevice in some rocks and twisted his ankle and nearly fell (laughs) while rappelling with a branch down a 15-foot cliff. As he was falling, I think so. Was he drunk? (laughs) He hasn't had water in a while. I feel like this would be me, honestly. Like, (laughs) I, I would just fucking have the worst, like, well, he lives, like, as, as I'm he was falling, there. fortunately caught a I'm... branch and he held on, probably saving his life. So that would be me. Like, I would just rough the fuck out of myself. But you'd be good. But I'd probably live. <laughs> on their third day of being lost out in the woods, they had just come around another bend in the stream, crawling through the foliage. When Brandon stood up, he saw a campsite on the other side of the stream with a green poncho strung between two trees. He stole all their food like a bear? (laughs) Come here, Gina. Look up, right? (laughs) There. I think, uh, is that what I think it is? They shouted across the camp, hello, help, anyone there, we're lost. They looked for a place to cross the stream. Brandon slipped in and got one. And then they arrived at the makeshift camp. But immediately realized there were signs that something wasn't right. A rusty fork and spoon and a disposable razor lay in the dirt. Nearby, two sneakers lay ten feet apart, and there was an orange and yellow backpack at the water's edge. Um, They saw it was sodden, weathered, and had been there for some time. Inside of the pack, they found a Ziploc bag inside which contained medicines, a bag of socks, Tent stakes, a navy blue fleece pullover, a compass, a cooking tin, a prayer card, and the patron uh, a prayer card for Saint Christopher, the patron saint of travels. And it said they also found a wallet and within it an ID with the name of its owner, John Joseph Donovan of Petersburg. Aww. Says um then Gina came across 
some uh, topographic maps. Gina found some maps with notes written in the margins in white spaces. The writing covered the margins of several maps and there were about a dozen entries in total. The author, presumably John Donovan, said he was trapped in a gorge. Gina reached out, or said, like, baby, look at this. No way. Somebody has to be around here because it's dated today, May 8th. Somebody has to be here. So Brandon responded quickly, Gina, that's May 8th, 2005. Oh. It was a year ago to the date of when they found oh. the, uh, or when that note was written in there. That or when the first so note wild. was there crazy the map entries were a year old and then they realized that like something bad had happened here at the camp and their mood fell and their anxiety levels increased so it's like somebody was stuck here a year ago and no one's like come for this stuff like nothing's here brandon kept reading the journal looking for clues john said he knew no one was looking for him and he was down to his last few crackers says in his last entry dated may 14th 2005 he said he wanted to be buried in a VA cemetery and wrote, goodbye, I love you all. That is sad as shit. And it said, Brandon said later, his jur- last journal entry was one year ago to the day that we found it, which was very eerie. Nobody knew where he was. Nobody knew to come looking for him. So he's preparing for the end. Says, we were looking at the words of a man who was passing. We definitely knew that we were looking at somebody's graves. And the thought was, is this going to be our grave? Yeah, it's almost like a... What a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. To be in the really same weird. situation and stumble upon it exactly a year later. That's a lot of weird coincidences, honestly. Exactly. They decided to head off, leaving the backpack. But they were able to... Um, And they came up to another waterfall, this one about 25 feet high, and they managed to climb around it. 50 yards farther, yet another waterfall with steep canyon walls. This one 100 feet in height, with the cliff that probably dropped 300 feet. Since now they realize the implications of Donovan's journal entries. Going back the way we came wasn't an option with rock faces that couldn't be climbed. They were trapped, just like John. Dang. That's um, some shit. Yeah. They returned to Donovan's campsite to see if there was anything else there to help them. It says, fortunately, in their original pass-through, they had missed a 25-strike-anywhere matches. Ooh, to boil some water? To to uh, make a signal fire. Oh, I was going to say to and, and they uh, did also make... They did make a fire... Um, or no. They laid out their wet socks on the rocks, and then they set up their poncho as a screen, preparing for the wind to come down the mountain at night. Oh. So Brandon started to make a signal fire, but realized that if he lit one beneath their perch on the canyon wall, that it could come up and like engulf them in flames themselves just like shortly after they light it. Oh, that was yeah. the only place that they could do it says, as he got the fire going, he heard the sounds of a helicopter, and Gina began jumping up and down, waving her arms. But the helicopter was a long way off, and after a few seconds, it disappeared behind a ridge. It was like, bye, Felicia. And this was just like, while he was kind of like, trying to start the fire. So Brandon uh, fed the fire as quickly as he could, then started waving a burning stick. 
Um, Gina took off her jacket, picked up a branch to which she had tied an orange fabric square, and started waving that. The helicopter appeared again in the distance and then disappeared four times. Four separate times. It kind of like came off in the distance a little bit. There's and then no way they disappeared didn't see again. There's no way they, they just keep going back and forth. But... That's rude as fuck. So that was their fourth day on the mountain dawned. The couple had been without food for three days. Brandon told Gina he'd made a decision. He likes to just say, like, I've made a decision. He said, I'm going to light this place on fire. I'm going to light the whole damn mountain on fire. Burn it all down. Start a forest fire. And she said, do it. (laughs) Said Brandon left Gina on the perch and then disappeared under the canopy. He waited for the wind to shift, found a fallen tree, piled twigs on it. He got the fire going and headed back to Gina. By the time he made it back to the perch, the flames were everywhere and the trees were exploding with heat. The fire started to burn itself out after 45 minutes. And a little after, a little more than an hour after Brandon had lit it, the fire was pretty well out. Then they heard a helicopter and flying around a bend right at eye level. There it was. It said they waved and they um, were like jumping, trying to get the attention. And the helicopter was able to see them that time. So from the helicopter, boom, we'll be back. It turned and headed down the valley. And when they were finally picked up, Brandon told the rescuers that they had found a campsite belonging to John Donovan. And they promised to return to find him. And then they never did because they're liars. (laughs) Then they never did. So they were examined at a hospital and had only bruises and blisters. They were only able to survive because that one dude had his matches left there. That's literally so Bring matches with you everywhere. Bring matches with you. And a filter. I always have lighters. So you guys But do you though? No, but do you though? Because you lose uh, them all the fucking time. We never found the lighter at the cabin. Yeah, we that's what I fucking them. thought. Did they ever like tell that guy's family that they found him? Yeah, they did. Um, they were able to like find the dude and tell the family about it. And there's a little bit more information. Well, there's a lot of bit more information about him, but it's like almost as more. long as what I've already read. His and is a whole other story. Yeah, and it's more of um just kind of like only a couple of notes that they just try to pull a lot of information from yeah but um yeah they were i feel like this place should have like uh at least once a week have a helicopter look for campgrounds and people honestly just like a pass over every once in a while would be nice not asking for a lot yeah okay well thank you for listening that was today's episode of the weird and suspicious you can follow our instagram at the weird and suspicious our twitter is the weird and sus email us at the weird and suspicious at gmail.com the weird and suspicious on facebook if you feel like you want to check it out good night good night